May has not been easy. That's for sure. Yeah, I was I, I had a nice start to the month and then every the other two weeks were a little bit like I came out green, but it was a lot of back and forth today. Today was probably one of the best trading days we've had in a while. It feels like. Yeah, it definitely felt a little hotter today than yesterday, at least. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yesterday was a nightmare. Yesterday was like, yeah. oh, it was so bad. So slow. I couldn't wait for it to be over. Yeah, I, I stopped yeah. kind of early yesterday. I was like, man, I'm not making any progress. I was up and down so much. And then I had to crawl out of a huge hole. And then I was basically back to break even. I said, you know, let's screw, screw it. I'm calling it here. And Mbot so like, wasn't really too bad. It was just, it was just favored the midday traders. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. I'm noticing that as well. Like the last week or week and a half, almost every day, I am red until like 1030 Eastern. And then finally something picks up. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like today I went negative 1300 to now I'm finally at plus almost 2100. So a really solid day. But um, I've been I've noticed that I've consistently been having mm. a drawdown in the morning. It's only worth it if you work for it. It's only worth it if you work for it. I won't stop till they hear me now. I won't stop till I wear the crown. And yeah. Taking S -S -H -P -H. Tommy, are you in that now? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got, I mean, it's not looking bad on the longer time frames, like five minute and 15 minute charts over 250. Not looking bad. SHPH is tricky. SHPH pretty much entirely is the reason that I was read like nine grand in September. <laughs> um, I just, it just was like impossible to trade day after day. I just kept taking losses on it today. I'm pretty solidly green on it. So it owes me some money. It owes me. That's the right attitude. Oh, here's <laughs> owes me. Yeah. Give, where's my money? <laughs> I didn't even get that nice breakout at like, well, one time was that was like 10, 25 or so. I could share my screen. I'm not trading right now. That's where I was trading it, I think. So there's two. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Pretty solid break. Not too bad. You got a little bit of that small size, but I added, added a little profit off the, on the top. Yeah, it was really nice. I had that perfect micro pullback, that one minute pullback on the five minute breakout. Those yeah. are those are always reliable setups, as long as the five minute is green and strong. When someone shares their screen, is there a way to have Zoom not go full screen mode? Mm, Initially, uh, maybe. Yeah, I, I think you have to go to view. Go to view in the top right. Might be one of those. Do you want to share your screen or should I, should I just keep sharing mine? No, you can share it. There you go. I'm just, I was just curious because whenever yeah. someone shares their screen initially, it goes the the Zoom window just goes full screen. That's annoying. Which is not ideal when you're looking at a chart or in a trade potentially. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. That's like the worst. Um, yeah. 
I just have mine on a, on a different screen. And if I guess I don't even notice because whatever oh. happens is on that screen. I don't yeah. like it so much. I would like to do that. But number one, I don't really need another screen. I have my trading computer here, which is a Windows laptop. I have my MacBook Pro here, which my MacBook Pro I have connected to my external monitor right there. Whereas that's all my extra charts and scanners and stuff. I don't really have anything else that I would connect to my windows laptop here yeah okay that makes sense yeah too many screens is also not a good thing yeah <laughs> at my my home i have four screens including my laptop but they're all small screens so they're all like laptop size screens and so i put two horizontal uh, vertically and then two horizontal uh, danny how many um orders do you usually have like on a regular day um trades or like executions uh, well i heard something about like yet after like a certain amount of orders per day like td kind of ups the like the fees the trade yeah i've gotten that notice a couple of times um so it's 390 390 um, is, that, is that orders or fills or that is that is uh orders and canceled orders so like if you're on tv and you look at that filled orders row where it says orders mm -hmm. and fills they're not counting fills because that's on their end the total number of orders that you send to the market and the number of canceled orders that has to stay under 390 on average um or if you're over that consistently for a little while, they'll send you a message and they'll tell you, you have to get back under that because I guess they just can't sustain that many orders without charging for it, which doesn't make sense to me because they're making money on the oh, orders order that we sent oh, to yeah, the market. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, I've gotten that notice a few times and it's something that you just have to be aware of and keep in mind. Um, I, I get kind of frustrated when I do go over it because that's a pretty solid number of orders. Um, and it, it pretty much always just feels like over trading to me now at this point when I'm past that. Yeah. Um, today, today was a pretty good day as far as like how much I traded. I'm at 257 orders and 28 canceled orders. Um, yesterday though, I know I was, I think over just over 500 combined yeah yesterday i over traded that's a lot of stabs yeah it was frustrating it was mbot the whole thing i traded um i i always don't don't know how to count it but i bought and sold like four hundred ninety thousand shares of mbot yesterday so like almost a million shares total just of mbot <laughs> wow. oh my god yeah it was really frustrating. What was your average size? Um, like probably three thousand ish. Crazy. Yeah. What do you think about then opening up like another uh, account under TD and just kind of switching it? They, I, I think that that doesn't work. I think that they pay attention to that. Oh geez. You I, had to I, open a different broker then. Well, but like there aren't any better pros and cons for other brokers that I've found 
at least for me, the way that I trade. Yeah. I've, I've also been in that search, <laughs> that broker soul searching. And I, I yeah. kind of agree with, with Danny, like TD still offers like as much as there's like a love hate relationship, because yesterday TD crashed on me in the middle of one of my trades. I restarted it Ooh. and I took like a $300 loss by the time I was able to close my trade. And it was just like, sucks. Yeah, it makes you so frustrated, but yeah. Did I mean, you it's contact them or anything? No, I didn't this time. Usually I do, but I didn't feel like being on the phone for like two hours and getting frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the loss. Like, obviously that's their fault, but you have to weigh your time against it. And that's not that big of a loss. So, yeah, I was, I think I was able to crawl out of the hole and who knows what would have happened if I ended up calling them and getting more frustrated. I, I remember I was on the phone once with them for like five something hours, just constantly being redirected. Some, sometimes like their support can be really good if you get the right person. I've had some amazing yeah. support sessions with them, but then I've had some like nightmare support sessions. So it, I don't know, it's a, it's a hit or miss. And I, I just wasn't ready to, <laughs> I wasn't ready to go down that road yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, the thing is, with your strategy, you could actually probably be profitable in Lightspeed, but I could not be profitable in Lightspeed just because of the amount of trades that I do. Mm. Yeah. Same with me. Um, I I could be profitable in Lightspeed, but it would be a lot harder, and I, it would have to be like a good solid month. Like April, I made twenty six thousand ish, and I did the math. I think maybe last time we were on, but. I would have paid like 10,000 of that in fees and commissions. It's like, that's insane. That is insane. So yeah, we were talking about thinking that about that and then thinking about using TD or any other broker. I'm like, yeah, TD is still okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't cost $10,000 of my month to use. Yeah. It's too much when I, I watch uh, some of Ross's videos and he's like, yeah, I made like a 1500 today, but I'm probably break even based on my fees. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't deal with that mentally. I've actually tried Lightspeed twice um, oh, yeah. over the years. I've, I've tried Lightspeed, came back to TD, tried Lightspeed, came back to TD. The last time I tried Lightspeed was uh, like, a, I think a year and a half ago, and I'm not going to go back to it at this point because it just doesn't make any sense for me. Yeah, it's too expensive. Um, it's way too expensive. Like I'm not working for the broker. I it's insane. Um it's hard enough to like in, unless you trade like that, you're looking for like one or two or three trades per day and that's it. Like 10, 20, 30 executions maybe and you're using at least 1000 or 2000 yeah. shares on each of those trades. Yeah. Uh I just I can't see how the benefits probably more than a thousand, two thousand. Ross does yeah. ten thousand for a starter sometimes. Well, and and also the thing is, like having used Lightspeed multiple times now, I can tell you that the fills aren't any better if the liquidity isn't there. Yeah, I still got partial fills; they just happened really quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if the liquidity isn't there, you're still going to get issues with fills and slippage. So, and now I'm using TD with DOS and it's the best of all worlds that I've found. And actually, anecdotally, obviously there's no way to actually prove it because I can't at the exact same time take the same exact trade using DOS and TD. Um, 
I do notice that I get better fills when I send my orders through DOS instead of Thinkorswim. Yeah. Um, and some of the other guys in our group think that as well and think that it's because specifically uh, Thinkorswim is a really old code architecture, whereas DOS is much newer and lighter. So they're both platforms, interfaces that you're sending an order to TD to then send to the market and DOS does it quicker. Yeah, I could see that. And well, you, you guys don't have to deal SHPH with the platform right crashing, which SHPH doesn't look too bad. <laughs> I know. You guys are both like staring at the screen. I'm, I'm looking at it too. But. <laughs> does uh, Danny, does uh, DOS crash on you or do you have like issues with orders sometimes? Um, I or... think that I can say that DOS has never crashed on me. I think ever. I've had, I started using it in October and I've had maybe, maybe, maybe one, potentially two issues, small issues with delayed order fills in that time. Uh, that's probably fine. But obviously across like many, many, many thousands of trades. Yeah. You so, trade much quicker um, than I yeah. do. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like going to DOS might be a good option because you you because first of all td ameritrade does crash quite often I, I get really nervous sometimes trading on td and then second of all you see the halt information that we talked about a few pods ago yeah. and i think those two reasons alone seem look now i have a thumbs up those those two reasons alone seem to be like a, very compelling but with light speed it's just yeah it's too expensive and it's kind of ironic because you know tom was saying like it might make sense for me since i trade a little bit slower but or I do less yeah. trades, but at the same time, then why would I switch yeah, exactly. over to light speed? Because no, it's true. all about trading that's fast. That's what I'm thinking too. Like you don't need instant executions. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like contradicting. Like you want to trade less, but yeah. you, you use the platform so you could trade faster. So it's like. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you can, you can trade less faster. <laughs> yeah. That's a slippery yeah. slope. Well, the thing yeah, is I with DOS, I heard a lot of negative reviews, which is because of the. Uh, the connection between TD and DOS, sometimes it just like, I guess, disconnects randomly. Has that ever happened to you? Mm. Uh, like, again, once or twice, I think, which for using it for seven or eight months now across the number of trades I've taken with it, I think is like pretty much totally acceptable. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as like degree of error and... I think that I could pretty pretty confidently say I had at least as many issues using only Thinkorswim as I do using Thinkorswim and DOS or yeah. TD and DOS. So, and then the benefits with DOS for me greatly outweigh that in terms of like noticing that I get better fills frequently and um, more advanced hotkeys that have been able to get me out of trades yeah for more profit or for less of a loss many times um it it's definitely worth it for me yeah i don't know if it makes sense so much for like a very beginning trader because it is 120 dollars a month yeah but if you're if you're making some profit and looking to um you know increase your edge or if it makes sense for how you trade i think it definitely is worth a try yeah i was thinking about it 
I like the, the ability to be able to, to scale out in half. Yeah. You just do like half and then half of that and then half of I keep hitting sell half, sell half, sell half. Yeah. I I have my hotkey set really to sell third. Whoa. Okay. That's if crazy. you if you need a cure for FOMO, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like that is so exactly it. That's... This is how SHPH took nine grand for seven grand from me in September. Oh my god! It's still not a good stock. I just was green on it today. This is why you don't want to overtrade. Yeah. I, honestly, yeah. Exactly. When I saw this, I was already like, mm, maybe it's done. But then I was thinking, you know, we've had so many recoveries after false yeah. breakouts, so that I figured we'll see one more or two more moves. But yeah, yeah exactly. This definitely spooks a lot of traders. Uh, oh, last question about DOS. Um, do I need to fund the DOS account or technically it's using the TD Ameritrade account? So no, you you literally just link it to your TD account. So yeah. it uses, it's it's just completely linked with your TD account. It uses whatever funds you have in that. Yeah, that sounds really straightforward. I it's think literally that... just like Thinkorswim as far as sending, executing trades. Um, and the connection with your TD account. It's just that you execute your trades through DOS. So I can share, um, I've shared before, but since yeah. we're talking about Level it, two looks way nicer than um, TD yeah. as well. I do like that. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, a little bit smoother and the colors makes it a little bit easier to differentiate put myself over here. Yeah, exactly. Like it's actually usable. Um, <laughs> so let's see um chart so this is just td and actually the dos charts are There's pretty nice legit shph man yeah the, do the, they the dos good. charts are very smooth um might have to trade this. Wow, SHP. But like you can see the time and sales and the level two, they update like very staggered. It's yeah, that's it's super it's cool. like there's a refresh rate on them. Whereas on this, you can see the bursts come in as they come in. There's yeah. there's no refresh rate on them that I can tell. So it makes me more confident in what I'm seeing. And then also, especially over time, you really start to develop pattern recognition with it in a way that you just can't with TD. Because I can see like a burst of color or a burst of activity or something on um, time and sales or level two. And like consciously, I don't have to realize anything, but subconsciously, I, I just understand in a moment what that means for the price action upcoming. And yeah. And I like my fingers send the hotkey orders for me is yeah. maybe the best way to put it. Like, I don't have to think and act on that thought of like the chart looks like this now. So I should take the trade. It's like, I just recognized a certain activity here and then I'm in the trade or I'm out of the trade. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, obviously you can see I've got all these different color gradients you know, as different as could be here. And I've got my halt levels, whereas on thinkorswim, it's just like blue. It's terrible. It's, it's and terrible. Barely, I don't even use it. I just use yeah. a ladder. 
Yeah, I don't exactly. I when I was just with Thinkorswim, I didn't rely on time and sales at all. I didn't rely on level two at all. I used the ladder. Yeah, but that's it's kind of only like half the story. Yeah. Um. So and then again, even level two on DOS, you can see it. There's no like refresh rate. It just when an order is sent or pulled from the market or or filled or whatever, level two updates. Um, so, so yeah. when you're, when you're ready to like time, like a breakout or time a dip, are your eyes at the tape, the, the TOS ladder or the level two DOS? Um, it depends. I am, I think mostly looking at the chart and time yeah. and sales. <clears throat> And some I'm split between the DOS level two and the ladder because I don't know if you guys have this issue too on the thinkorswim ladder where sometimes it just so like right here at 61, 61, 32, you can't see the bid. It hides the bid for some reason. Yeah. Like every now and then the bid just like it doesn't disappear from the market, but it disappears from the, the ladder. Like for some reason, it just doesn't show it. Yeah. It's super frustrating. Like right there. So you can see on DOS, there's this bid at 59 and a second ago on the ladder, it just wasn't showing it. So, um, I go back and forth. I, when things are moving really quickly, at least to the downside, usually I'm watching the ladder to see if there's a seller pushing the price down and that that seller is thinning out. But if, if that, if the ladder stops showing information, then I'm looking at level two. Yeah. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. I also, I was, I was doing some research with Toby about would it be worth kind of coding our own halting uh, things so we could see the information and just to add to the value of <laughs> DOS, it's actually quite expensive to get real-time market data. Yeah. So yeah, it it, if you wanted to code that yourself, like private use, I think is like four, four, five hundred dollars. And then if you have any sort of licenses, it goes over nine hundred and then to like three thousand dollars really quickly. Per so, year? Yeah, uh, per month. It's per month. really Ooh. expensive. So yeah, Ross, Ross always talks about how expensive the data is. Yeah, the data is no joke. Yeah. So, I mean, this, yeah. like, this is definitely pretty valuable and especially for all that halt data or because coding it yourself is, is just really expensive. Plus it's a lot of work. Yeah, and just to jump off on that is like, um, yeah, it definitely seems like uh, DOS is more of like uh, something if you're already profitable or intermediate trader, yeah, you can kind of use that to kind of, kind of, yeah, right. You're right. Booster edge your current yeah. edge rather than you don't really need that to make money. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with a hard agree. Um, <laughs> I, I used thinkorswim alone for basically the first three years of my trading career, just until last October. Um, and I started using it last October because I visited Ross in Massachusetts with a couple other guys and one, two, three of them, three, three of the six of us total um not including me at that time we're using td with dos and huh. so i was like you know you always want to try to do 
what, and these guys are more profitable than I am. They, they all have their million dollar badge. Um, so you always want to try to be doing Wait, whatever. you don't have your million dollar badge yet? Not yet. I'm working <laughs> on it. <laughs> hey. Oh my God, you're not a millionaire yet? <laughs> I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. I'll have it. I'll have it soon, someday. <laughs> yeah, um, you've, been, you've been cleaning up this year, so that's... I've yeah, you've been, been doing, doing really well. good. Yeah, you've been definitely doing good. I mean, I've been doing since well. I've known you, though, you've always been putting out big gains. So I, I didn't know you when you were small. Well, I'm I'm really happy with um, how I'm doing this year because last year was just a nightmare the entire year. I think that I made like $6,000 total in the year. And it got so bad at one point last fall that I just completely stopped paying attention to numbers because I was afraid of going red on the year. Um, and I think that I did a really good job of taking lessons away from that, mainly breaking bad habits that I had into doing much, much better this year. And then also just really leaning into my own strategy, which yeah. has never been buying breakouts for the breakout. It's it's always been reading price action well and buying dips. And if that leads into a dip that pushes back up through highs, then I can add into the breakout. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that took a while to get to. Yeah. That's definitely the next stage of trading. I've also realized is like when you stop, like you go through a phase where you're trying to listen to everyone, learn from everyone, and then you might narrow yeah. it down to one or two or three people. And then at one point you're just like, if I need to get, if I want to get to the next level, I need to only think about my trading at this point. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I, I think I can it's, relate to that as well. I, I started I out with like with Tim that. Sykes and we we're trading and relentless trader and mighty stocks like i watched literally all of those guys um just um trying to trying to copy their strategies and so, it seemed like i was able to get green it seemed like i was able to like learn that and start to like actually make money yeah but like i could i didn't know i had no idea which which setup was my setup like which one that produced the most reward yeah. for me yeah and exactly that only until like when I stopped watching Warrior Trading daily on those pre-market, uh, pre-market and uh, and open live streams. I used to watch those every single day, which I did learn a lot. But at a certain point, you have to drop that, and you have yeah. to just focus on what you're doing. I completely agree with that. Um, was it? We were. I, I know we were talking about this last week too. But like, especially when you're having a hard time going to different books and like studying more and looking at different strategies and stuff is something that feels normal to do, uh, to learn more or get out of that period. But really probably the best thing to do is, especially if you have been profitable before, or you know that you have some edge is really just focus in and, and lean into that edge. Cause it's not like you're missing information or like you're going to read something in a book that is just going to completely turn your trading around. Yeah. Um, as far as like technical analysis or volume analysis, something like that. Um, I would say that the trading in the zone by Mark Douglas definitely has some good mental stuff in it. Um, but as far as like trying to study other people and emulate what they're doing, I, you're, you're going to definitely fall into whatever works best for you. And you you have to try 
doing what other people are doing that are having success and see if it works for you too. But everybody has their own specific like trading personality. Yeah. I'm seeing if I read that book. I think I did Mike Douglas. It's a classic. It's actually the only trading book that I've read. There's, there's some, I've almost got more value out of like non-trading. Yeah. I've, I've read this one. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to remember like certain parts, but I feel like sometimes I get more value out of non-trading books than actually trading books. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Like the quit book or, or even David Goggins, which I just finished today. I mean, that guy's such a freaking animal. Um, yeah. He's an interesting character for sure. Oh my God. I never really thought, to be honest, like when I just saw the, like, I don't know him on YouTube or something, I was like, I didn't get it. I was like, oh, okay, like nice. He, he does like long races and stuff, but I didn't know his, his backstory. And then now that I read his, basically his biography, I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> I don't know his backstory and all of that. He just came from a really, really broken family, very abusive family, um, had a really tough, uh, upbringing in a fairly racist area he basically just mm. had the hardest life and then uh then he you know tried to become a navy seal he had to lose a hunt like a bunch of weight for that that's like where his weight story comes in from like almost 300 pounds to like oh under 200 and then he didn't get through so he had to do it three more times <laughs> which i don't know if anyone's ever done that and like two times he broke his leg or something that's why he had to stop. I, there's so much crazy stuff. And then after, after that, he's, you know, serving and he's doing, you know, he keeps wanting to push himself further. So he keeps doing like these insane races where some of them he almost dies on. I mean, these are like insane, ridiculous races that are like 24 days long or 24 hours long, over a hundred miles. Some of them and like through insane terrain. Like, I don't know what, like how he pushes himself so hard and so much. Uh, he has like m multiple world records, like, like pull-ups, most pull-ups in 24 hours. And like things happen to your body at, at that point, like, you know, at like hour, you know, 15. Oh, like, like you're, he was like, you could see like my muscle, like my, like my hands are basically fully coming apart. Like, yeah. dude, it's pretty nasty what he pushes himself through because Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. Like it's I, good to be able to mentally handle that, but but also like why? And yeah, it's, you for him, it's like for him, it's a self-discovery thing. Everyone's got to figure yeah. out their own why. And he's he's yeah. definitely not recommending anyone else to do what he does, but it is interesting to see what he does because he's really just breaking like what anyone thought would be humanly possible. So I think that's why it's really interesting to follow him. But yeah, it's, I definitely, I'm not about to you know, do what he's doing for sure. Yeah, I get that mentality, like the underdog kind of mentality and pushing yourself to see how far you can go and also show other people what you can do. But there's def, there's obviously mental issues with that, that, that are pushing, pushing that. Yeah, he's like he's also admitted like don't do that. Yeah, he's he said like you know before when he was like in his 30s and early 40s, he'd often like push other people over the edge, 
And he's probably created a lot of enemies, he said, especially in the military, because, you know, he would give people shit if they weren't pushing it to the max and, and things yeah. like that. But he's um, he's reflected a lot. He's had like multiple near death experiences. But there was one, I think, in his late 30s where he was basically, all right, this is it. I'm, I'm dead. And he he like really reflects hard in those moments. And then somehow he survived. Uh, so he's had like a lot of deep reflection, mo- reflection moments, and he talks about them in his book. And I, I just found it very insightful. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. try to think like, how can I take away some of this stuff? And you know, what can I take away from, from those lessons? And, you know, there's probably more in the tank. <laughs> I think that's a big lesson. He says, like, mm-hmm. when you think you're, when you're done and you think your like body's falling apart, he's like, you're just at 40% is what he said. I was going to say, yeah, you're, you're probably halfway there. Yeah. You're like halfway there. So it's like, um, you know, if just like in trading, you know, if like you think some of these tickers are dead, like SHPH or you're kind of done trading, you know, you just got to give it that, that extra hour. And sometimes that really cleans it up or, or you don't, yeah. you know, you got to know when to quit too. So it's, I don't know, these, yeah. these books are really interesting. Uh, just to think about your own life and how you could, you know, use that information. Yeah. Yeah, definitely valuable. I think um, that that sort of mindset helps more with um, like studying, like your study time and like those early days where it's just like feels like you're never going to be able to make money doing this. I mean, I know if I had days like that. I just felt like this was impossible. And there was like for a good year, I was like everyone who's making money is it's fake. It's all fake. You can't. <laughs> I thought that too. Yeah. This. It's just a giant scam. Like, cause I would lose money day after day after day for like, I mean, I'm sure disciplined day trader, uh, Colby has the same feelings sometimes. Um, I mean, he's, he's been struggling for like a couple of years now, but, uh, yeah, th- in those moments that I think the David Goggins sort of attitude helps you a lot. Mm-hmm. To keep pushing, study harder, put more time into it, double down, and then double down again. Uh, and I think it helps more for that rather than instead of doubling true. down your share size. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I've actually been kind of doing the opposite of what he's been saying in terms of trading. Like I'll get green and get going. I'll, I'll call it like the 4G yeah. mindset. Where I'm just like, I, you know, because I started off this year, you guys know, where I just kept, you know, maybe making 1500 and then spending the rest of the day going to max loss. And I was like, I just yeah. can't do that anymore. So like, I'm trying to call it. And, you know, once I'm back into an insane flow and the market is there, you know, then I have no problem trading those extra two hours. But right now that's not yeah. my focus. And you know what, that's been doing, that's been doing really well for me. Uh, just yeah, you definitely can't profits. neglect, you can't neglect like the market. Cause I guess the, the market is bigger than you, like we say, and yeah. um, you have to respect it and you can't just be like a David Goggins type of head mindset with trading. And you're just pushing through, pushing through, pushing through when the market's not there and you're just losing more and more money, getting more frustrated. That's exactly you it. You can't really bring that mindset in that sort of situation. So it's still, there's still like a huge amount of self-awareness when taking you know that sort of approach. Yeah. Yeah. The self-awareness is huge. Um, I I'm I've gone red to green many times to the yeah. I've talked about this before, but I don't have a max loss because it doesn't make sense for me. Um, a lot of people in the chat today went red to green. I did too. I went solidly red to more solidly green, but it takes a lot of you can't just have a um, 
like a David Goggins type mentality if the market isn't still there. Like if things are still moving, then yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be aggressive and work on crawling out of the hole that I dug myself or or whatever the situation was. But um, that's where the self-awareness comes in and, and honesty. Like, is is this actually something that's still worth trading or am I likely to just lose more money at this point? Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. There's a there's there's something I've been doing. I kind of talked about it uh, maybe like six pods ago or something. But basically every every hour, every section of the trading day. So like pre pre market. So it's like at 650. What's the market doing? How am I doing? And then pre market at the end of pre market. How, what's the market doing? Like indexes, gappers, and then how am I doing? You know, how do I feel? How's my PL? And then I do that at the end of market open and then late late uh, morning trading. And then at any point where I start feeling like my expected value is going negative, maybe the tickers are drying up. Maybe all I'm thinking about is my running PL as opposed to the tickers I'm trading. You know, when when too much is starting to go red, I'll call it. And that's made me very mindful of my trading. And it's made a big difference just to take that step back, kind of write it down, put your thoughts on paper and then get back to trading. Yeah. I really enjoyed that exercise. I've been doing it for now, maybe, yeah, eight weeks or so. I think mindfulness is probably, it has to be close to the the top skill for being able to be good at trading. Yeah. 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 Whether it you're feels like your PL on the day always reflects about like how you feel. Yeah, inside. absolutely. Like are you are you feeling like calm, content with mm-hmm. everything, your daily life, your life outside of trading? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just a, a matter of like how to induce that in yourself. And I do talk about this in my most recent videos. Like a lot of very successful traders, if you study what they're doing outside of trading is they're, they're not always like doing something so in your head, you know, trading. So in your head, they're also have like other activities that get you into your body. And it seems like that you can keep that balance. You kind of have that, um, you can kind of find that state of calm collected and more disciplined trading when you do trade. So it kind of does seem like that if you can find that groove, your PL always reflects how you're feeling inside. Yeah, that's super true. I'm actually just booked a surf trip and go to Peniche, Portugal for two weeks in June. And uh, I'm really excited because, you know, with this, with this uh, trading, it's always like, you know, how are you doing? But then it's like really almost more important. Well, not more importantly, but like, how's the market doing? And I always compare it to trading and I find or to surfing. I find it the perfect example where it's like, you know, you might want to surf like super bad, but if there's no waves, you can't surf. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I went, I went surfing two weeks ago, actually for the first time in like a little over a year. Cause they're just, we just had a really, really lame last like year of waves yeah. and swell. We just didn't have anything. And uh, the day, two weeks ago when I went surfing, there was, there was still no swell, but I caught like two and a half waves as well as they could have been caught. And it was still a nice day out there because at least it was sunny and we're on the California coast and it's beautiful and all that. Um, but like, it's a little bit different in the market if there's no waves and you're just getting 
beat down and drowned and held underwater the whole time. <laughs> it's yeah. not even pretty in the market. So it's like there's yeah, there's no ways, but there's somehow you still get stuck in like ripped currents or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's even worse than no waves. There's no waves and a shark comes and attacks you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the ultimate crap. Which which beach do you surf at? Um, it depends most often Bolinas. Um which is just north of San Francisco a little bit. Uh, Bolinas is probably, well, it's hard to say. Pleasure Point down in Santa Cruz is definitely my favorite. Um, but you have to get the right conditions and it gets super crowded because it's a really popular spot. Um, and people can be a little bit local there, which I think is stupid, but... Um, I know that. So Pleasure Point is on the right day is the best, but it's also a little further. Bolinas is probably like my average favorite. And Ocean Beach can be really fun too, again, on the right day. Um, I've gotten spooked out of Ocean Beach though, one time. You got what? I got spooked. Spooked? (laughs) Um, Shark? No. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of San Francisco's Ocean Beach or like just seen it on a map, but you're just complete. You're in the ocean, just completely exposed. Like obviously you are when you're surfing in general, but like a lot of the breaks have some sort of point or something that's forming the waves that you're like not just as far out there. That that one day at Ocean Beach, I wasn't catching waves on the inside or the first break, and so. I saw waves breaking further out. So I paddled out like past the second break, all the way to the third break, past the third break. I was like a couple hundred yards offshore at that point. And I know that there are sharks there. I've seen them on videos and I I was just like completely alone. No one around me. I, I had paddled out way far and I just had this moment where I was like, I am alone in the ocean floating <laughs> on this small eight foot little floaty board and i did not like that at all um, yeah so i paddled back in as quickly as i could this is pleasure point here yeah so i could is this kind of what you're t- referring to like yeah these sets and yeah, look at how pretty that is yeah that's that's intense though yeah i usually when i surf in florida like it's it's a lot of beach breaks so you're not out that far. yeah yeah uh, no there's a lot of point breaks yeah. Yeah. in the area here and um that's probably mostly it yeah ocean beach isn't a point break obviously but uh it's just like a lot of water coming in from deeper oh well that's that's like is it here valentine's what are you looking for uh valentine's beach bolinas oh valinas oh i spelled it wrong that's why yeah, B O L, B O L I N, B O L. Like boy. Boy. <laughs> B. Oh. B O L. Yeah, there you go. Bolinas, but it but not not in Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> Beach. N A S. Yeah, there you go. The first one. Okay, it's, okay. It's up there. Oh, that's just across sweet. from Stinson Beach. That's so crazy. you can see, like you're you're not just completely in the middle of the ocean there. There's a bit of a point break coming in. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's it's really pretty out there. 
Oh man, I, mean, I can't wait for some from surfing. Yeah. Nice. I don't want to get off too off topic, but I think you can and, learn a lot from the uh, surfing and just sports in general. Yeah. Yeah. There's like the point, the reason that we got into it is because there's a lot of analogies that you can take away from uh, other content, like other, yeah. other types of books, other sports where you have to base, just basically be mindful of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, that's, yeah, be mindful. That's what it's all about. Is anyone still trading? No. No, I'm, I'm now. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure that I don't keep trading because I haven't overtraded yet and I'm sitting at my high of day profit and I started the day pretty solidly decent red and now I'm more solidly decent green, so there's a lot of reasons nice. that I shouldn't take any more trades. <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. We got I, CWBR trying to break here. It's making a little bit of a flag. No way. <laughs> CWBR is one of the two stocks that I'm red on that started my day off wrong. Oh, no. Do you trade, uh, Danny, do you trade at 930, like the first minute? I love to. Yeah, when things That's are actually best. working well. <laughs> but they the haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The market is the best. Exactly. Almost always. Yeah. I mean. The last two two or three weeks or so have not been good at all at the open, but when things are having more success at the open, like setting up trades, um, almost always when volume comes in, you get just mm -hmm. like a couple cents dip, like five cents, take the position and then yep. 10, 15, 20 cent rip. And yep. then you sell and it comes back down and then you can decide what to do from there. But yeah. Almost every single day. Yesterday at Unbot yeah. was a really nice setup. Uh, I got that it one. Went yeah. down to like 175. And then in like two seconds, it's up at 195. Yeah. yeah you guys that was, I made like, I made uh, most of my profit on that, just that setup. Nice. And then yeah. I was done on that red to green at like 10 a.m. And then I made that huge front side move for the whole day. I wasn't trading any of that, but you no, know, just through those two setups. Um, I was really nicely green. Yeah. But yeah, I do like that. But you do have to be careful of right at the first one minute because sometimes it can get laggy. Uh, today I had a sticky order on... Um, I guess that's the power of DOS, huh? You don't have to worry about yeah. that. Yeah. I had a sticky it order depends. on CWBR and I lost 10 cents on it for like mm -hmm. just on the first opening candle. Kind of, kind of felt... Actually... Kind of, just I had some, I had a little bit of lag on CWBR at the open today as well on DOS. It just depends. Yeah. I think it depends a lot on TD's servers at the open. I think so. They yeah. used to be a lot worse though. Yeah, they were they almost untradeable yeah. for for a while. Was <laughs> they that were untradeable for like the first three minutes of the market open for yeah you know, like 2020. When Maybe everyone even... wanted to be a day trader, it was <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. That's probably why. Yeah. Um, 2020, probably close to end of 2021, I didn't trade at all for the first like three minutes of the market open because it was unusable. Yeah. yeah. I even called them and I was asking about that and they're like, there's something called the morning cross or something. And it's basically like the last two minutes and the first two minutes Yeah. after the market opens and before the market opens, yeah. there's like, there's different routing time periods. Like you have to send your last order, your last batches. And they said like, Often those time periods, there'll be a lot of skipped or lagged orders, especially in a busy 
uh, market. Yeah. So they even yeah. straight up told me, they're like, it's best just not to trade the open. <laughs> or how about you fix your <laughs> junky stuff? <laughs> but it's not that junky because we're using it. We're making money. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot better yeah. now. I, I, I can't wait to like, there's got to be at some point, there's got to be a broker that's really tailored towards day traders that's actually affordable for like the beginner day trader or the intermediate day trader that's not making like 10,000 yeah. a day. Um, there's, I know, I know some people use Weeble and like it. I've never used it. Um, it seems like that could be good access. in between. Yeah. I don't know if it is or not. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens with like the continued integration with, um, uh, Charles Schwab and TD. Yeah. If I don't know, I don't know if they're going to, I, it kind of seems like they're not focused at all on continuing to, to develop think or swim. It has gotten more stable over the years at least, but yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree, but I, who knows what's going to happen. I really hope nothing bad happens with T, uh, TD or, uh, think or swim, but yeah, I think cool. that it has too many users to like go offline or something, anything like that. They make too much money from people trading using yeah. their platform to like nuke it, I think, or anything. It's a massive asset. And you have a lot of yeah. like older generation people. I know a lot of people like my dad and my dad's friends, they'll use TD Ameritrade as well. Obviously not for day trading, but it has a huge user base from multiple from multiple generations. I I personally am not a big fan of like Weeble and like a few other similar platforms like Moomoo for day trading. I think they're pretty great platforms for what they are. And they even allow like four to seven <clears throat> a trading and it, like mm -hmm. super extended hours. But I've tried to use it for day trading and it's uh it's yeah, I definitely prefer TD Ameritrade or Thinkorswim over them. Um you'll see the speed and the, the order book and, and just kind of like how the whole application feels, uh, just moving things around. It, it's all like a little bit more laggy and stiff. Yeah. And the charts aren't nearly as nice. I think that's also a really big part. It has like this. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing I do. I do notice, um, sometimes a difference in update speed between the TD or the thinkorswim charts and like what DOS is showing on level two. There's always like, sometimes it's nearly unnoticeable, um, like very fluid. And sometimes there's like just a split second difference between what I'm seeing going through on the tape and the thinkorswim chart updating. Mm. Yeah. I mean, who said it? Uh, I think Tom, you, uh, Tom was quoting maybe Ross or someone where he's like the, the chart is the re rear view mirror and the level two or the ladder is the, yeah you know, the watching the road. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. sort of how I trade. Um, I'm mostly, my eyes are glued to um, the active trader ladder when I'm, when I'm trading, it's glued to the active trader ladder and I'm only occasionally glancing at the at the chart um just to see i mean just to just to make sure that it's like either holding up or it has yeah. follow through or or if i'm observing and waiting for another setup but when like i'm ready to take a position i have in my head the breakout point or the potential support point 
in my head and I'm waiting for price to get there. Once it hits the ladder, um, hits that price in the ladder, I take my position and then looking to sell. Yep. Or add in some cases. I'm pretty much the same too. I probably use the charts a little bit more. Um, but yeah, uh, the ladder is for the tape. And for the tape, I don't really look at the size of the orders. I'm mostly looking at like the color. If I just in my peripheral, if I just see like a lot of flash green, flash green, flash green right before a breakout, then I'm looking to stake a take a starter and then add if it's holding up and then add into the breakout. Yeah. Yeah. And then Unless on the breakout, like... is there is there just a crap ton of red and the candle is getting stuffed into the high and, and the candle's gonna close below the breakout point? And then I'm looking to either cut break even or um take some off. Yeah. Yeah, same. One that's one thing of, that I'll watch out for is like when there's a bunch of green going through, but the price isn't moving up. That's sometimes a red flag. Yeah, yeah. That's I definitely watch for that. And the opposite when when there's a lot of red going through, but the but it's not breaking down. Yeah, that that could be a nice little bear trap. Mm -hmm. Nice. Or just uh, any, you know, there's hidden sellers in there or hidden buyers in there. Someone's accumulating. Yeah. And for any beginners watching, the way, the best way to learn um, those those patterns through that pattern recognition is just reviewing your recordings every day after every trading session you review your recordings and you just get that pattern recognition but it's it's definitely harder to if you're not recording it's harder to develop that pattern recognition because it's gonna you have to have more iterations and you can't really get that iterations um as fast because you're waiting on the market to provide them to you rather than just watching the recordings over and over you got to get those reps in. It's super valuable. And then even using on demand and like retrading a ticker is quite yeah. helpful. The hotkeys don't work. And also something else doesn't work. Uh, I think the order book is a little weird. I, I don't know. Some, there is something else, but it is nice just to like practice with bigger size and just practice just in general, forcing yourself to. Yeah. yeah this is another iteration, really. Yeah getting those reps in what's your guys's plans going forward this week anything anything different um well i've been on like a sort of a theme of uh not trading pre-market <laughs> it's just my my statistics are just are just not worth it. it it causes me more stress for like a small amount of money and then by the time the market opens like i'm already like fatigued kind of worked up and I can't really perform as well. So the past like three weeks, I haven't been trading pre-market and um, I'm making just as much money, if not more um, than when I was trading pre-market and I get a little bit more sleep. Um, so that's kind of been my theme, kind of just trading only between 9.30 and like 11 a.m. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. seem to just make as much as I was trading from 7 a.m. to 11. That's um, amazing. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I think I'm going to keep that up um for the time being until the market is like really hot like a couple of weeks ago when we had or a couple of months ago when we had gfi and top i'm waking up at 7 a.m because um, yeah. i know i can get a really nice cushion before 9 30 and then you're going to get paid for it risk for a big green day yeah so until that's that smart happens, that's i think keep doing what i'm doing i've been thinking the last couple of days or so about like should i even be getting up for the market open and I definitely will keep getting <laughs> up. Uh, 
I get kind of stressed when I wake up past the market open. I was waking up at like 6.40, 6.45 my time for a little while last year, just because the market open had been such trash for such a long time that I wanted to just completely miss it. But um, yeah, like half the time, so I wake up 20 minutes before market open now and half the time when I pop on Ross is red or he's green and it just doesn't seem like pre-market is giving any consistent opportunity lately. And that's the same with the, the rest of the guys, rest of the people in the chat, in the community, like some of them are red, some of them are green, but nothing really awesome happened that I missed. Um, And then especially looking at my, my uh, PL chart, the last two weeks I was looking through this morning after doing another red to green day today, I'm pretty much making all of my money starting at like 10, 20, 10, 15, and then going from there. Usually before then I've been digging a little bit of a hole. So I'm just going to try to be more mindful of that. Um, we're not in a hot market right now. There's definitely opportunities that are um, like actually pretty decent. I've I've been doing really pretty well lately, but it has not been easy. And um, I'm especially conscious that I'm going to be out of country for three weeks in two weeks and um, just trying to like keep my head down and keep making steady gains through then. And uh, and then hopefully while I'm gone, the market doesn't like suddenly heat up but the market we'll gods know when you when you're on holidays <laughs> that wouldn't be the worst thing though like no, you get life true. gains too yeah yeah it yep. wouldn't yeah like if the market was hot for the open for for a couple of weeks in june and i can just hit like a nice trade right at the market open that'd be cool too yeah one and done it or just you get a few trades in at least do yeah get like one front side or, you know, mm-hmm. that 15 minute move and then call it. Yeah. I, I love when I get those and I actually call it. It doesn't happen a lot, but it's nice. It's like, okay, boom, you know, made like a thousand. Let me go. Um, yeah, exactly. Like one sec. Uh, well, how it goes, CWBR. Yeah, it's, it's running. Oh. Uh, Piece of crap. <laughs> <clears throat> Can't trade this right now. <laughs> I was just gonna say, are you trading that now? Uh, I don't think so. Not midday. Wow, well, four fifty basically. Well, after like four thirty-five, it didn't look back till five twenty-five. Oh, I'm so tempted. It is one of two stocks that I'm red on. Yeah, I'm red on too. Let's see. I might. I might do it. Go for it. If you think so, it's a good setup. I'm in at 22, small-ish size. Maybe um, maybe I would prefer... Got some out at 42 and 38. I'm trading it. Um, I'm looking for the next red candle to buy a debt. Come on. Just give me another little push-up. I'm looking, so I had a thousand shares, which is a kind of small position. I'm just looking, I'm at 300 left. I'm going to just see if I can get out on another push. I'd like to see it push through 40, 50, but 
Okay, so there's a bid coming in. If it pushes through 50-ish, I'm going to get the rest out. I'm just going to get out there because it should have gone by now. Um, made back a solid chunk. Was somebody else sharing their screen? That's actually really nice. First pullback huh? after fresh breakout could be a good setup. Yeah, I'm curious about what it's doing here. Seems to be a lot of sellers at 40. Uh, I might want to get involved on a dip back under five. Yeah. I think it would be hard to buy there. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, okay. That's what I was looking for. But like I said, it would be hard to buy there because yeah. it's up at 580 one second and then back to 550 the next second. It's just that kind of price action. Yeah, and the last dip was all the way down there at 420. That's what we were yeah. talking about. It was starting to flag out. So the halt level is 596. That's kind of what I'm looking at now because I could imagine that it might squeeze to that. We were talking about this, Alex, like right when we got on the podcast, we're like, yeah, TWBR can be one of these stocks before you know it. Midday, it's heading up. So I took that trade yeah. from 74. And I'm still holding half looking this for because now it looks like it's going to halt. So okay. there's well, yeah. halts at 610, 609. It tapped that on the ask and couldn't hold it. So there we go. That's definitely going to be the one. It's up 300 percent. Can we halt? Uh, well, oh, six. Some I I got some nice moves on that. I'm still holding. 30% from 574. Looks like a weak haul. Wow, that's insane. Great trade. Weak haul. Yeah, I went. Oh, um, false halt. Yeah. But halt level is still 626. We'll see if it moves up. Yeah, that's a big pullback. Ah, I didn't get filled on that dip. So I went negative 450 to flat on my PL on just CWBR on that. That's great. We're doing yes. like 2,000 shares. Just 1,000, actually. Yeah. That makes sense. Usually uh, all size down as well, like late day. Yeah, that's the thing is like I was at 20, I was at 2,066 and really conscious of that. Like I know that if I give, $67 back. I'm going to keep trading to get back above. And I really don't want that's that. Just a mind. That's just a mind fuck then. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. Once you start thinking about that P&L and you're like, yeah. you've accepted it in your head, that's yeah. what you're at. And you, your second you go below it, it really messes yeah. you up. Yep. It's like, I got to make that Especially, one back. And yeah. then before you're yeah. on 20 and then you're down a hundred. <laughs> yep, exactly. Especially a nice round number like that, like 500, a thousand, 2000. <laughs> Dude, it's a curse. I wish we didn't think like that. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You shouldn't. It's not a good thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's so irrelevant, but it's so uh yeah. I'm still holding a I'm still holding just 200 from 574. I'm looking to see if this holds up and gets back over 6 and then I might add back. I could see it crawl crawl higher and try to for 65. It's 
Yeah, it's holding up. If it gets back over six, I'm probably going to add. It's trying to. So there's six, oh, right to six. Nice pop there, 20 cents. I thought it was going to pull back for more. Let's see. Five minutes about to go back. green. Five minutes just went oh, green. 33. Mm. That was a nasty breakout, though. Not bad. I was in All right, I, 90, was in 98 out at 18. I got, I added at the wrong spot. I was just a little bit late. I added at 33 and I took like a five seven loss on that. Well, at least you didn't, you're, you're, at least you're not still holding. No. Yeah. So I went negative 450 to just negative 90 in that move, which is good. Uh, it's definitely not done. Like, obviously, it has a lot of volume and volatility right now so yeah the volume's insane actually it's really solid for six solid dollar stock right now it, it held up on that false breakout really well <clears throat> that's usually a good time to... when when someone's supporting that that's what it, i mean if it was weak it would have came down to five four eight any dip could be a great buy right now i, I still wonder Five, five, five ish. Great. Where did it? Yeah, if it breaks like five sixty seven on light volume, it could be a great dip. I try. There's a little spready though, so I'm trying to just join the bid. Sometimes I'm not getting filled. Yeah, that's the tough part. I gave back a little bit there. I got in at five ninety two because I saw a bid at five ninety, and then the the bid kind of just pulled. Yeah. The five minutes kind of crawling a little bit low. If you look at the five minute chart, we really don't want to get to halfway point. That's when things get nasty. Oh, see, there's that yeah. dip right below 69. That would have been a great entry. I'm not yeah. right now. That was quick though. You couldn't even that. get in. Yeah, you would have had to put a limit order and then hope for a fill. Yeah, had to have been a limit, yeah. There's a second opportunity though. I think it goes I think it goes lower. See what happens if it dips here. under 50 or to 50. The setup feels too good to be true. <laughs> 570. 570, come on. Yeah. Uh, I heard it. Nope. Didn't hold well there. I mean, it didn't break out there. Yeah, so far those dips would have been perfect. There goes back it's, up. I'm waiting for one more, one more like capitulation candle here than a reclaim. Yeah, right. Because I don't think it's done. Like it's considering the move it just had, it's holding up. It's yeah. holding up really pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Light volume though so far on this green bounce. So like it could be, you might get that capitulation candle or quick pullback. I don't think this bounce is going to hold really. It might be able to have a fake out over six. I, I don't know. I'm not too optimistic here. Then again, I don't know. We've been 
having great late day moves so or late morning so yeah. anything's possible amazing action though this would have been great just to put in a, a little starter when we were talking about it when it was flagging mm -hmm. like this yeah i but saw it curling up too <laughs> that's the coulda shoulda woulda Seems like 570 is holding decently well. There's a seller at 580. See if it breaks over that. Now it looks like it's a hidden seller at 580. There's definitely someone in it who's like holding it down. It should have halted up. That was the first clue. It was so extended though on that halt though. I don't, I don't know if it should have. Yeah, I don't know why it didn't but, halt. But that's earlier. the thing though. It's That's when shorts are stopping out most. Yeah, I guess. Covering. Could be a break back over six here. Honestly, anything shorting this on a new front side is so sketchy. But I guess you'd hope for something like this. Mm -hmm. Where it just flushed. I don't, <clears throat> I don't think I would buy high on this just because of the spreads and the bids drop. The spreads are tough on it. Yeah, you could be Definitely. down 10, 15 cents a it's share. It's like you have to size in on the dip. Yeah, I don't know why the spreads have been like 5, 10 cents on it all day. Like, where are the market makers? They're doing a terrible job. <laughs> you had one job to steal retail <laughs> yeah. money. You had one job and you're doing it terribly. Yeah, I'm just trying to see if I can get one more on this. And I'm looking to take it with bigger size now that it's holding up. So I think it's going to dip down back towards like 560-ish again before it might go higher. Did your famous bear trap? Maybe. It would be more of an ABCD pattern, which I think makes sense. Yeah. So there's a bit at 570. Let's see if it holds. <clears throat> I am definitely looking to buy a dip, depending on how it acts. <clears throat> so there's 570 and 571. Some bids there. Do you see those on Thinkorswim? They they're not showing up. Or they're that yeah, they're it is, yeah. I see them. 570 has a lot of orders. I think it's gonna come down to 650 it. again. Yeah, I'm expecting it. that bid at 570 to pull and then dip down and then probably get back above it. Yeah, 580. So there's a 10 cent spread between the big buyers and sellers. Mm-hmm. Here we go. So, Let's look at my chip. Boom. Oh, ho, ho. Well, fake out. 
that was, it was two fake outs maybe here we go yeah i just i really don't like the five minute setup that's what's keeping me at the end but it did all right i'm in at 78 actually i'm in at 80 not a very good fill oh dang uh, this is feeling real sketchy <laughs> yeah it seemed pretty a uh, pretty weak right there we didn't like that crazy like that it's almost a six percent candle insane it doesn't look so big no six dollars There we go. All right, so I got out. I got about break even. Yeah, I'm still right in the stock. To me, the five minute just doesn't look good. I uh, actually really like the one minute. The one minute's not bad, yeah. I just don't like this kind of open five minute with a nine EMA that's like super far away. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You might see that break at six and then a flush way back down. I think that's probably true. Could happen. Next this is this is the pivot though, five ninety five ish. So, what does it want to do? And again, I, I don't know. I think it's a bad idea to buy on an up push. Yeah, got to buy in the dip 100%. Even if it looks like it's about to break a pivot or go higher. Yeah. Yeah. Because it could break and then the bids don't move out, move up, yeah. and, then you're, and then you're screwed. That's <clears throat> something I've been noticing lately is a lot of bid weakness. Yeah. Across the board. Here we go. This could be good here. Capitulation and a reclaim, maybe. Yeah, I'm in at 64. Since it Ready didn't break six, I think you, you could you could see that reclaim again. I'm flat for now. Back in 70. If you're just Out. range trading this one, taking those five, 10 cents, you'd be up so much. Yeah. It should be moving up at this point. I'm just losing like one cent here, two cents there. I've still made back a little portion from where I was down on it, at least. Yeah, it's like a big winner and then many paper cuts. Yeah, exactly. That's like all of my pre-markets lately. <laughs> I think we'll see another so, move pass up through six. I think so. I do too. I think that we're going to see a move lower like now first. No. Yeah, I think so. But if, so I'm looking to see what happens if it dips and if it gets bought up. Because if it, if it dips and gets bought up one more time, it should go back through highs. Not mm -hmm. through highs, but like through six. And if it doesn't, then I think it's probably not worth trading anymore. 
So I'm watching this dip here. I'm in at 70. Nice. There's some buyers. There's nothing holds. <clears throat> you hmm. out? No, I got like 200 shares out. <laughs> All right. So I'm back now down to uh, $50 more red than when I started trading it. Uh, for me it's the five minute doesn't align with the one minute there's no like real setup that i like so i haven't touched it i think you guys did a good job though buying that initial dips near the nine ema but now it's kind of like in this no man's territory where yeah there's going to be a big move at one point i think I mean, we might see down, down, down to like 525 yeah <laughs> I want to see a dip under 550. The five minute 98 mate is moving up though. I think we I think we'll see the five minute dip to the 98 and then we can see a reclaim maybe. Give me the dip here. Let's go down to like 540. No. Not getting in here. Oh come on, really? <laughs> That's where you decide to go. This price action would drive me crazy. I'm not, I'm not getting it in here. This is a high risk setup here. It's looking interesting if it gets over and holds 580, but the bid isn't moving up over 580. It's just hmm. staying at 573. Oh, I'm long hey. 583. Took some out, I'm out the rest, made 80 bucks on that. Quick. Wow. See, that's what I was looking for. God damn for. it. I couldn't, I couldn't take that because of the flat bottom. I was waiting for that break down below the flat bottom. Before I think this we're break. going higher if it holds up here. It helped the first pullback. It might still flush down. 15. You know, I have so <clears> little <throat> faith in this thing. <laughs> I, yeah, I just took another 25 cent loss on it. No. <laughs> we should wrap sucks. up here before Danny pulls off what he did last time. I know. <laughs> and then, but it's so frustrating. It's right back to where it was. How many shares are you using? Now I'm using 2,000. It's going to break this flat. It should break this flat bottom and wash out longs. That candle closed under six. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, I would have thought this thing capitulated already. It would have capitulated already. Well, that's really unfortunate. I went plus 2,000 to plus 1,250. So what are you, like, down... 500 on CWBR, 400? No, 1,200. Oh, that's what you meant. I was already down 450 on it, got myself back to flat on it. And now I'm back to negative 1,200 on it. Uh-oh. Yeah. And you Is did so good at first. Like, this was the original front side here that you nailed. Yeah. It's like, 
I feel like lately we've been getting like one or two opportunities to nail the front side and then you kind of have to leave it alone. Yeah, you just get so screwed if you think that there's going to be any continuation. And even yeah. with that pop back to 625, like that should have gone. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trading probably a little bit too scared with those setups, but I feel like I'm not in a like perfect flow state or even like over 70%. So I'm still just kind of walking away early. Yeah. It's a good call. Up 750 today. Not like a big, big green day, but just kind of nice little base hit green. Feels good. Yeah, that's a solid day. That is a good day. Yeah. Just. Yesterday I was down like 150, so kind yeah. of like a average of 350, I guess you could say right now this week. Nothing too crazy. Three fifty per day. Yeah, I, I don't just know. don't this think is... I think because it didn't break down below that flat bottom, it just didn't have enough juice. The mm -hmm. shorts were not in for the breakdown. Yeah, it just didn't have enough juice to get all the way back up to the high. That's why I like to wait yeah. for that capitulation and the reclaim. Exactly. I like looking for that too. Trading the range on this one would have actually really worked, but ah, it's, it's really not a strategy stars, so. that will pay over time. Because you're always making those small wins and you're always risking that big sell-off. Yeah, exactly. I don't like doing that either. Me neither. Range trading at the open, though, is good. <laughs> <laughs> just buy, I just buy every dip and I'm just green. Yeah. Most dips, most dips. So the first like two or three minutes. Yeah, when there's volume. Yeah. I'm going to have to start trying to do that. <laughs> but you have to be quick. You got to just like, you can't yeah. really wait for the bigger move because it usually doesn't happen. Mm. Right. You just take I, I your, watch you, you I, take your quick 10 or 20 cents. I'm watching every open like a hawk. And I've definitely noticed that where you know it just pops down a little bit, pops up, pops back down, pops up. Yeah. It does it like, I don't know, for 30 seconds, then I'll pick a direction or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess Danny might keep trading here. <laughs> yeah i'm seeing because it keeps coming back up those shorts are gonna get blown out eventually if that keeps happening we can go ahead and probably wrap up the pot just so it doesn't go too long yeah um, sure but uh yeah it was a nice recap today i learned a lot about platforms <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. a lot of good platform discussion and yeah. other discussion. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good trading week. I'll see you in the discords. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Good luck on CWBR if you keep trading it, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys later. See ya. All right. Take it easy.